Who's recapping? You are. You are. I don't want to recap. Yeah, but Chris and I tag team the last one. No, mm. that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy and I'm your Pokemon Dungeon Master. Almost got it. I, don't, I've got, I can feel a burp coming up. I don't <laughs> Shall I go instead? You do yours first if you want. And Chris, I play <gasps> Chuck. Oh, mixing up the running order. I don't like it. It's the son of a nurse Joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region. Thought his phone was going off, but actually he's just buzzing his tits off from catching his first shiny Pokemon. <laughs> All too suspicious, pink shiny Pokemon that's the same colour as his hair, uh, just happened to be there. Yeah, just happened to roll a 41, didn't you? Yes, interesting last episode. Uh, I've not done my bit yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't listening. because <laughs> <laughs> we, It's because we, we switched it round because I burped. I got so confused. I'm Jack. I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who, for the first time in his life, wishes he had a bit of Chuck's confidence so he could have spoken to Nessa. Oh, he's got a little crush. Mmm, maybe. Chuck called dibs. <laughs> but I call dibs. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what, keeping on that theme, my question for today is, from the entire Poker Universe, who are, like... The top babes. <laughs> the top oh babes. Yeah. This is a weird question. Yeah. But you know, like I had posters of people on my wall when I was maybe not ten, ten? but I also wasn't allowed to go around travelling the world when I was ten on my own. So Who's Chuck's pokey pinup girl? Again, it's a bit of a boring answer for Felix because Agatha. He's never really thought about it. <laughs> yeah, Agatha. Oh, that smoking hot body. Oh, yeah. But Agatha from... He's got a poster of Agatha from 50 years ago on his wall. Yeah, I oh, know. He's definitely one of those kids that, like... Back in the day, though, she was... I bet she was really attractive. Smoking. Again, I think I think Felix may be slightly desensitised to it, seeing as his mum was... Well, was... Is a model. Oh, he gets to so hang out with all the hot chicks. So... <laughs> on, on the on the small like the small amount of times that his mum actually sort of took him with him, he was just surrounded by so-called beautiful people. So he's kind of desensitised to it a little bit, I guess. Chuck had a picture of Felix's mum. <laughs> <laughs> but but he doesn't know that that's <laughs> Felix's mum. Yes. There was just some yeah. hot model from from the Sinnoh region. Pastoria like, City. That's brilliant. She's called Swamp Girl. <laughs> Old Swampfoot. I can't wait if you ever meet, if we ever bring in Felix's mum for Chuck to just be like... Pulling out a picture from his wallet. <laughs> you sign this for me? Fair enough. Should we do a recap? Yeah, so interesting last episode. So we started off on Derek's boat after leaving Alaria Port and heading towards the Misty Islands. And then we ended up finding Sir, like, a massive wall of mist, which when we went through on Derek's boat, we found a man on a bit of wood floating in the water and we managed to wake him up but he wasn't very talkative and he passed out straight away after mentioning something about a notebook and some rum. We then got to Wartortuga in the Misty Islands and we did a bit of shopping. We went and met Joy and her husband Kai in the Pokemon Centre 
and then we looked at the tablet the stone tablet with the instructions to find a long lost treasure but that no one can understand because it's all in like cryptograph and like hidden symbols uh, but at the bottom of the tablet was or appeared the three mm. circles connected by a triangle which we all know is like the symbol on our protagonist's arm just as that happened we got attacked by a load of pokemon who were annoyed for some reason and started causing havoc in the town a pokemon battle con in ensued a four on two pokemon battle yeah we were definitely outnumbered yeah it was it was four pokemon on two they did very well chuck ended up catching a shiny heracross yeah boy. and felix caught a scyther sure did after making short work of the well it was long work of the pincer and short work of the executor after that more pokemon came in swarming the town and a Shiftry showed up and whirlwinded them away. And then we met Nessa, the Shiftry's trainer, who invited Chuck and Felix to the dojo, which was supposed to be closed, uh, to talk. How did I do? Very good. A Seven minus. out of ten. I'll take it. Right, should we crack on? Let's do it. Cue the music. <laughs> I think, actually, I'll put music there. Yes. <laughs> so, we're in the square with Nessa, who has invited you to go with her. Okay. Just says, yep, sounds great. Um, I just want to get healed up. Uh, yeah. In and out. Drive through. This one's this one's definitely got a drive through. It's a tourist town. Nessa says, yeah, that does make sense. Um, I'll meet you uh, outside the Pokemon Center in like half an hour. Okay. So Perfect. super quickly, I'll get healed up, but I also want to use the computer to swap. Uh, let's swap Acer out and bring Heracross for the ride. Oh, interesting. Or Norris. 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 Norris the hedgehog. Norris, Norris the hedgehog. Norris the Heracross. <laughs> so after about half an hour, you meet Nessa. She's waiting for you outside the Pokemon Center. And she leads you away from the square and down a short dirt path that has been carved out of the thick jungle. You eventually come across a small wooden building that resembles the architecture of the buildings in Kuso City. Ooh. Nessa kicks off her boots and slides one of the wooden panels to one side before walking inside the building. This is my father's dojo. We can talk in here. Felix takes his shoes off as well. Chuck kicks off his flip-flops. Ch Chuck just walks in muddy feet. Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing flip-flops. You find yourselves walking into a martial arts dojo. Ooh, nice. With pictures, belts, weapons and other decorative pieces on the walls. In the middle of the room is a large white mat that is springy to the touch. Nessa and Shiftry both kneel on the mat and invite you to do the same. Chuck does so, also calling out Rowdy, like he'd appreciate the uh, the ambiance in here. So, you wanted to know about the Pokemon attacks? Yeah, something seems off here. When we first got here, the guy was saying, yeah, there's something going on, but he didn't want to tell us anything more. Well... Although we're not getting a lot of tourist business at the moment, I don't think he wanted to scare you off with the uh, tales of Pokemon attacking the town. That makes sense. Is there any more you can tell us? What? When did this first start? It started about a month ago. All of a sudden, out of the blue, just a few Pokemon came into the town and started smashing up some of the stalls and attacking some of the people. It started off small, but over time, it's just got more and more Pokemon have come to the town. 
that last attack was the largest number I've ever seen at once. Has it just been you and Shiftry here that have been dealing with these attacks? Well, my father's helped as well, um, and a couple of the Pokemon trainers that are in the town, but I mean, it's mainly a tourist attraction. There aren't that many strong trainers here at the moment, especially with people not being able to visit. I mean, a month ago, did anything significant happen? Well, we're not really sure why they started attacking, um, but some of the townsfolk came to my father and sort of pleaded with him to stop it. He's been trying to figure out what's been going on for a while. He said this morning that he thought he'd found something and he left in a hurry, but I've not heard from him since. Did he say where he's going? The last thing he said to me was that he was heading to the waterfall at the base of the volcano to look for something. And I guess with the signal here on the island, you've not been able to get in touch with him. How long uh, ago did he leave? You've noticed our poor reception. Um, it was a good few hours ago. It wasn't even light when he left. Do you think he could be in trouble? I mean, just going on your display, but if he's your, your father, I imagine he's fairly capable. Normally, I wouldn't be worried, but again, I've not heard from him all day. He did take one of his Pokemon with him, so it's just unlike him to have gone away this long without letting me know what's happening. How would you? How do you normally communicate with him when he goes away on these journeys? Cups and string. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, she goes, ah, yes, and she runs off to the other side of the dojo and she comes back with a walkie-talkie. Okay. So nice. Normally we'd talk through this, but I've not heard from him all morning. That's why I'm starting to get worried. Try him now. Okay. And she pushes the button. Dad, do you hear me? Dad? Dad, can you hear me? Over. But all you hear is static. Hmm. She says, I'd go looking for him myself, but I can't leave the dojo unattended. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay off you pop she looks at you and laughs and she says I can't leave you here on your own it's my do. It's mine and my dad's dojo but I mean seeing how you both seem to be able to handle yourselves very well judging from that performance in the street do you mind going to find him? we can take a look that's amazing like I said, the last thing he said to me was he was heading towards the waterfall. It's easy to find. You can just follow the main trek out of Wartortuga. Not many people go that way because there are some strong Pokemon in the jungle. But, like I said, by the way you two fought earlier, I don't think you'll have any problems. I guess at this point, Felix just asked for a rough direction. Is it just straight up the town towards the volcano, I take it? Put down the pamphlet. There is a path next to the Pokemon Center that leads through all the like the houses and stuff and out the back of the town. Okay. Okay. And there's a sign that says waterfall this way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Felix at this point kind of stands up. Don't worry, Nessa. We've we've got this. We'll find your dad and bring him back. Shiftry does a little happy dance. All right. So you head out of head out of Water too. Okay. Okay, so you follow the path leading you out of Wartortuga and into the jungle. And you follow the path for a while. Your legs start to ache and your breathing becomes heavier as you notice you're now trekking on an incline. Thick trees and vegetation line either side of a dirt track, not giving you much visibility past the edge of the path. Occasionally, you hear a rustle of leaves or the snap of a branch 
and after about half an hour, your Pokemon stop suddenly, both looking up at the overhanging branches, only to jump back in shock as a flock of flying Pokemon fly away in unison. Uh-oh. <laughs> the branch suddenly straightening up without the excess weight of the Pokemon. Once the sound of the Pokemon have disappeared, you can hear the faint sound of running water up ahead. Okay, at this point, nice. knowing that we're going to be going somewhere that... Well, going to a waterfall. I'm going to bring Maximus back. I don't think he's going to be too much help in a water fight, potentially. <laughs> yeah, let's bring Katara out, why not? Katara can be active. I'm also going to switch... got good perception in investigation as well, so... Nice. I'm going to switch to my water Pokemon too. Out comes Churro. A little salsa shimmy. You keep... A little one. <laughs> So you keep salsering up the path <laughs> as the sound of running water gets louder and louder and louder until you have to almost shout at each other just to be able to hear what one another's saying. You break past the last line of trees as the path leads you to a large, fast-moving river. And as you look upstream, you see the river seems to just disappear into the sky. You follow the river and see that what you're actually looking at is the top of the waterfall, with the river flowing over the edge and down into a pool a long way below. So we need to get down then. How far down is the pool? Far enough. Can we attempt the jump? I was going to say, can we jump it? Let's kick today off with a perception roll. <laughs> 15. Nat one. Nice one, Felix. With a 15, at the top of the waterfall, by the edge of the water, is a wooden fence designed to stop people from getting too close to the water and the end of the cliff that they don't want people falling over. One of the horizontal bars that connects two posts together is broken, and on the other side of the broken fence is a weird-looking tree, and a piece of black cloth is stuck in one of the branches, flapping in the wind. So Chuck, looking at this, says, Hold up, hold up a second, Felix. This looks like... It looks a little bit weird. You see that over there? And it points towards the black calf and the tree. Felix kind of scans the horizon, goes, what, the, that tree? Yeah, there's, there's something hanging on it that looks like a cloth and this fence is busted. What if you like fell through it? So we'll go up to where the fence is, where the fence is broken um, and get a bit of a closer look at this tree, bit of cloth. Can we squeeze through the gap that's there? Yes. Give me a dex check just to make sure that you're both safely doing it. That's better. It's a dirty 20. It's only nine. Okay, so as you squeeze past the fence and you're getting close to the water's edge, Chuck sort of like slips. For God's sake. (laughs) But Felix manages to catch him with the dirty 20. Thank you. And help him back onto the bank. Felix goes, easy now. Come on. You got this. Yeah, it's the flip-flops. You do get a sense of danger because you are now in front of a barrier at the top of a waterfall. Yeah. So this waterfall is definitely too tall for us to jump. It's a tall waterfall. Yeah, can we just see what this bit of cloth is? Is it just a random piece of black cloth or is there anything more to it? So as you go to grab the black cloth, the tree it's hanging from moves. Uh Uh-oh. Its branches waving around in the air as it cries out with a wail and your Pokedex pings pseudo wudo <laughs> <laughs> okay nice pseudo wudo the imitation pokemon it imitates a tree to avoid enemy attacks although its body is more like a rock 
the pseudo Wudo starts to run around you in a circle as though it's running away from itself. <laughs> oh, you speak with animals. <laughs> nice. Speak to the, the pseudo Wudo. Again, in typical Felix fashion when he's sort of trying to speak to a Pokemon to start with, his, his sort of hands are up, trying to be look as disarming as possible. He goes, hey, 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 it's okay. We're not here to hurt you. We're just trying to find somebody. What's uh, that you've got stuck in your branches? Roll intimidation. I mean, or persuasion. Okay, I'd rather roll persuasion. Okay, roll that's persuasion. A, I was going to say, because that's a natural 19. Okay. The, that's one, so a dirty 20. In that case, the pseudo-wudo sort of skids to a stop in front of you and listens to what you're saying. I was going to do a pseudo-wudo. got to do the voice. Pseudo-wudo. Okay. <laughs> like Elmo, really. I was following the funny man and his friend through the trees and, and they came all the way out here when I jumped out at them, but I fell over. Uh, I, I thought they might try to hurt me, but the man helped me get up. And I was about to say thank you when, when some other Pokemon came out of the jungle and, and were flying around and hitting them and, and they fell into the water. I, I tried to grab them, but I could only get this. And he holds up the black material. Oh, no. Okay. I think they went down there. And he points okay. over the waterfall. That was terrible. <laughs> Chuck reading Sudo Rudo's body language knows something horribly has gone horribly wrong. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Wa- he's like he waving saying? his What's arms the entire yeah. time. Yeah, Felix relays this sort of back to, to Chuck and goes, so someone was here. They got attacked by some Pokemon from the from the jungle. He's saying that they fell down the waterfall. I think we need to get down there. He turns back to the pseudo Wudo and goes, oh, I'm guessing you live in this area. Do you know how we can get down there? With, without jumping, ideally. Uh, pseudo Wudo just shakes his head. Hmm. Okay. He, see, he seems very skittish and scared. He turns back to the pseudo Wudo and goes, thanks for the help. That's really good information. I think you'll be safe now. I mean... You blend in pretty well. You gave us a bit of a fright. <laughs> um, oh, that was really useful. Um, <laughs> Felix will... I guess I'll, I'll just take the bit of black cloth off the pseudo just to A, get it out of its branches and B, we can, if we need to, piece it together later on maybe. Uh, the pseudo Do me a strength check. Okay. <laughs> Um, 13 okay you take the black cloth off the pseudo widow but he just starts crying and scrambling back for the black cloth okay <laughs> what a weird okay. dude Felix goes okay 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 no 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 worries here you go you can have it back do you want it as a bandana maybe he just sort of holds it and looks in it in his hands and then like holds it close to him like a hug okay Felix goes I think I think you're safe now. We uh, we're gonna go and try and find a way down. Just one second. <laughs> I'm gonna turn to Chuck at this point and go, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Do you still have that escape rope? Yes. As a as a last as a last ditch kind of scenario here, if we need to get down the waterfall, but rather than jumping the whole way, maybe our friend here could help lower us down with the rope. Um, Let's do it. Well, not so let's, let's it. Abseil, down it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what Not I'm thinking. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But Felix kind of puts his hands up and goes, "Let's let's try and find a way down first. He seems a, a bit worked up. I'm not sure how well that'll go, but it's just an option. Chuck picks up one of the um, like the bust. You said that the fence post was busted. Yeah, he's like, "Let's let's test let's test this thing." And he lobs the fence post off the edge of the waterfall. He's like, "If it breaks, we can't jump it." Okay. It does not break. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> so close to jumping it. Felix turns back to Chuck and goes, "Well, it didn't break." One more for good luck. <laughs> Felix bends down and picks up the other half and goes, "Sure," and chucks it in. Does that one break? Uh, it does not break. But I will say, with both of them, you can't. Although you saw them hit the water, you can't see them anymore because of like where the waterfall the sort of hits the floor. Mm. Yeah, can we kind of see round a sort of like if there's any kind of path or there's no path. I'll just tell you that. I think we've got to jump it. Um, so yeah, at this point then I'll, I'll recall Katara and send Gligar out. Um, yeah. uh, as he pops out, I say, hey buddy, I could really do with a favour. Can you just glide down this waterfall, see if you can see anything? I, I don't know even can't know they what I'm just, to Can't do. they just kind of carry us down, but it, although they might not be able to fully like actually fly with us whilst carrying us, they will slow our descent like a little parachute. Yeah, like uh, Mary Poppins' umbrella. Yeah, I think that'll okay. work. Yeah, give it yeah, a go. Gli- I think that'll definitely work with Gligar. Yeah, Heracross, I think, is probably strong enough. So, if you want to do that, what I'll say is they will both have to roll strength checks to see how long they can hold on to you. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, so Felix, yeah, well, Felix will get Gligar out after conversing with Chuck. Yeah. Thinking we might be able to sort of float or slow our descent at least, so... Is it a strength saving throw, a strength I think check? just go strength check. Strength, strength check. check. 16 for Norris. It's a 12 for me. Okay, so this is what you want to do? Yep. So, how does it look to how they, like, do they pick you up or do you, like, jump off the edge and they catch you? No, Norris is literally, like, forklifting Chuck from behind and then, right. obviously, the wing, his wings come out like his beetle shell on the back, don't they? So he just, like, forklifts him up and head out over the edge. In, in as slow a descent as possible. How big is a Gligar? Gligars aren't massive. Are they big? How, uh, try and look up like the Pokedex size. It's three foot seven, or just over a metre. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to kind of have to... I'll grab onto Gligar's feet, but he'll sort of wrap his tail around me as a bit of a, like a, a, a seatbelt. Okay. <laughs> as they pick you up and take you over the edge, you hear the Sudowoodo sort of yell... And, and cry oh no that you're leaving him and he just he just jumps in the lake he just jumps in the river <laughs> and what? you sort of see like a dark flash in the white water of the waterfall going over the edge but he just gets lost you, you don't see him after that so he's jumped in he's gone over the edge and he's just gone down and you just saw a little thing through the water like a dark silhouette but there's so much like white cloud coming off the bottom of the waterfall from where it's hitting mm. the water, you just don't see him land. Oh my god. Chuck shouts out, he's like, Sudo Wudo! And uh, reaching for his belt, send, it, like throws Churo and says, go save him. Okay. Yeah, we're going to glide in straight after. Churo, sort of like an Olympic highboard diver, <laughs> just does a couple of flips in the air 
and perfectly like 10 out of 10 enters the water but then <laughs> you don't see churro either oh my god oh while all this there. is ha while this is happening you are slowly descending with your pokemon and you get just past halfway when gligar its wings just start to stop flapping as much and you both just fall oh no Felix kind of turns at this point to, to grab Gligar and kind of bring him in close to try and shield him from the incoming. Heracross, try and grab him too. Heracross goes to grab them, but lets go of you in the process. Oh, fuck. And you also fall, with Heracross just managing to catch your T-shirt with his fist before you both hit the water. Oh, shit. Um, where's Chiro? Do we survive? Is this the end of the adventure? When you hit the water, you are expecting it to hit a lot harder than it does, considering you've just fallen down effectively half a waterfall. Cold water fills your nostrils, and as you scramble for the surface, you manage to get one big breath of air in before you get pushed underwater by the rest of the waterfall. And then everything goes black. In the darkness, you both feel the ground moving beneath you, and then you feel something hit you in the stomach so hard that you sit bolt upright with a yell. Heracross and Lombra are sitting on Chuck, <laughs> and left. Gligar is sitting on top of Felix. Okay. You look around and you see the area you're in is really foggy so you've got low visibility and you've also got this means you're going to have disadvantage on ranged attacks i'm good but dark ghost and normal type moves have damage advantage as you look around into the fog you can see that you are lying on a sandy bank with the river slowly flowing at your feet the bank is high and from where you sit, you cannot see on the other side. But you can hear the wailing of a Pokemon. Is it the pseudo wudo Oh, yeah. Felix kind of gets his bearings, splutters out the last remaining water that's in his system and goes, oh, oh, Gligar, thanks, Momo. Thanks for, for saving me. Chuck, Chuck? Chuck, are you okay? Where are you? Am I next to him? Yeah, you, you, you're just enough apart that you can just make out each other's shapes. Yeah, there you I'm, are. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, just a little bit dazed, like, pfft, sputtering out some water and just coughing it up. Um, Churo, did you did you find the pseudo widow? Churo nods and he, had, and he points up the bank. <gasps> okay. okay. Can we scramble up the bank or is it too high? No, nope, you can scramble up it. All right, let's scramble up it. Scramble sure up that's it. Okay. So when you reach the top, you stop in shock. You expect to meet another thick jungle, but in fact, all you can see are tree stumps oh. in the fog. Chuck points his Pokeball at Norris and says, thanks so much for that, that was a real help. So Chura's my active Pokemon. I'm going to do okay. a nature check on this on these tree stumps. Yep. See if any of them are alive and are actually a Sudorudo. Uh, it's only a 10. You can tell that they've been... They are un, They are unnaturally... like They're not naturally yeah. just tree stumps. Like how long ago were they cut off? 
Uh, it looks fairly fresh. Ooh, okay. okay. Would it be maybe a month old? It could perhaps be about a month old. <laughs> if okay. Chuck's just bends down and sort of runs his hand over the tree stump, Churro, and says, says to Felix, look at this. I mean, it looks relatively fresh, but I mean, it would make sense if the Pokemon are losing their habitat, they would come into the town. Can I help it? Because I've, I've got expertise in nature. Oh, definitely then. Sure. That's a 15, but a plus a 9 to that, so 24. Okay, so you can see, like, you can tell the trees have been clearly cut by something very sharp, and it, it's a fresh cut. Like, there's no real sort of, like, moss on them yet. Mm. Phoenix goes into a bit of nerd spiel. He kind of kneels down at one of the trumps. Uh, trumps. <laughs> Felix kneels down at one of the trunks, kind of puts his hand on it, runs his finger across it, sort of sniffs around the air and go, and just kind of reaffirms that and goes, yeah, these are fresh, really fresh. Something strong must have done this. So uniform as well. I'm worried about the Sudowoodo. Can we hear it at all anymore? Are there any yeah, you can still, still you can still hear it. It's getting a little louder as you get to okay. the tree stumps. Okay. Felix stands back up and goes, I think we need to find this Sudowoodo. Momo, stick with me. Stick close. Let's head towards that sound. Okay, so you follow the wailing noises of the Sudowoodo. Yeah. Do I understand what it's wailing? Or is it just going... It is literally just shouting its own name at the moment. <laughs> as though like can anybody hear me that kind of thing so you follow it you follow the sounds until you see the dark outline of what looks like the pseudo standing near a black mass on the floor okay when we kind of as this comes into view Felix is just a, a step or two ahead of Chuck at this point he just kind of puts his arms out and goes okay there's something up ahead let's keep a low profile try and see what it is stay low we don't want to startle it so I want, to kind of, I want to approach the black mass if possible. If you want to sneak up to it, you can roll stealth. I'll still give you the advantage. I got a nine. 16 with my stealth mod. So, <laughs> so Felix is moving through the area very stealthily and <laughs> you notice on the ground there's like not really any greenery. It all seems like it's just all dirt and you pass a load of other tree trunks as you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And you manage to sneak up on the Sudowoodo, which is now bending over the black mass, when Chuck just trips over a tree branch. <laughs> I was imagining and that his, one of his flip-flops flip stuck in the mud. Stuck, yeah. 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 <laughs> his flip-flop gets stuck, and he breaks his Javianas, and he, <laughs> and he just lets out like a little yelp as he just tumbles forwards and almost skids through the dirt and as he looks up he's at the feet of a man who is wearing what was once white martial arts outfit and his head covered in dirt and a dark liquid running down his face oh, and shit, next shit. to him sits a brown Pokemon wearing a purple top with red gloves on each of its hands. <laughs> Sudowoodo is patting the guy's head, trying to make him feel okay. <laughs> Chuck scrambles to kind of onto all fours and then to his feet, shouts to Felix and says, Felix, quickly! And he does a medicine check on the guy, gently checking like, the areas around his head. Yep, go for it. For a pulse. Dirty 20. It looks like he's hurt really badly 
and he's cut his head on something. Mm. It looks like he's like hit his head on something, and it is bleeding, but he just looks sort of worn out more than anything else. Okay. And a bit is he dazed. Breathing? Is he conscious? He's conscious. Although hit the Pokemon next to him did spring up when he saw you skid. The moment he saw you trying to help the man, he calmed himself down. Okay, good. And he calmed himself down enough for your Pokedex to register him, <laughs> which pings Hitmonchan, the punching Pokemon. Its punches are so fast that they are almost invisible to the eye. Chuck helps him to kind of sit up and says, easy now, easy now. You're okay. Can you talk? He looks at you and his eyes sort of like widen up. And he's like, stand, stand down, Chan, stand down. And Hitmonchan sort of sta- sits back next to him. So there's like three of you now like trying to look after him. <laughs> he, he coughs, but you can tell like it's just a an average cough. And he says to you, he goes, oh, thank you so much. I, I didn't think anyone was going to find us here. I'm Nob, and this is Chan. I remember he, um, Karate Thingy Nob from yeah. Red and, well, whichever game it is. Black Belt Nob from all of the games, Chris. Is Black it Belt Nob. <laughs> and then he looks at the Sudowoodo. And he says, ah, my headband. And he gestures towards the pseudo widow and thanks. Felix goes, oh, no, okay, okay, that's fine. He was quite protective of that when we met him earlier. Good to see it's back with his rightful owner. It's rightful owner. I take it, are you Nessa's dad? He nods and says, Nessa, you've, you've met, is she okay? Yeah, she's she's fine. She was, uh, she was a bit worried about you, though. That's why, uh, that's why we're here. I'm Felix, and this is Chuck, by the way. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I I lost my walkie-talkie when I fell in the river and then got pushed over the waterfall. Oh, she must be really worried. Chuck says pushed? Sorry, my mistake. F- fell over the waterfall. Because he was being attacked by Pokemon, wasn't he? Yes. What What brings you here, then? Why, why the waterfall? Well, my thoughts were, and at this point, Hitmonchan has sort of put an arm under him and sort of helped him to his feet that from the waterfall I could have at least tried to see a bit more across the island to check if there was anything I could see that may have been causing this problem with the Pokemon. But while I was up there, I think a swarm of them were heading towards the town and I got attacked and pushed into the river or knocked into the river. I hit my head and the next thing I know, me and Chan are waking up here. Felix kind of surveys the area. Obviously it's quite foggy and we don't know where we are. We turns to to Nob and goes, do you know where we are at the moment? Well, the waterfall leads to the other side of the island, so I'm assuming we're there. This fog's sort of taking up my view a bit. I can't get my complete bearings, but all these tree stumps, I mean, this isn't right. No. I mean, we only arrived here today, but this definitely isn't right. Are you good to walk? He looks at Hitmonchan and he takes a couple of steps and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll be okay. I mean, uh, it's difficult to know which way to go. Can we... We can't see anything, can we? So No, we're in the fog. We're literally in the fog. We're not even... We can't even traverse our steps because we've just gone onto the other side of the island now, haven't we? Yeah. Chuck just says, why don't we just... Let's just head in a straight line. If we... More than likely, at some point, we must reach the, the edge of the water and we can just kind of go round. Follow the river. That's a good idea. Nob sort of looks and says, yeah, we either hit the river or we hit the sea. Either way, at least we'll know we've got something to follow. Let's do that. Can we can we hear the sound of water in either direction at this point, or any any direction? You can hear the trickle of the river that you like that brought you to where you are. 
It's not like a really loud running river anymore. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. As you're walking through the area, Nob is looking around with a sad look on his face as you pass tree stump after tree stump after tree stump. And he just turns to you and he says, this has got to have something to do with the Pokemon attack in the village. Someone's obviously been using the land's resources without thinking about the habitats of the Pokemon who live here. They think that people from the town are responsible that we explain why they're so angry. From the fog, something zips between your group, moving <laughs> so fast that you can only hear a buzz moving between you. Sudowoodo wails and puts his arms above his head and then runs behind Nob, who looks startled. Something or someone's here. Ready yourselves. Chan, are you okay to fight? And the Hitmonchan sort of just like gives him a nod and he turns outwards away from Churo takes up a salsa stance. I guess, yeah, I guess we kind of form a bit of a triangle here. So all three yeah. of us looking outwards in different directions. Yeah. Vines shoot out of the ground beneath you, covering the dirt floor and spreading outwards. Between Nob and Chuck, a small green Pokemon appears, wrapped in the vines from the floor. But you can't make out the actual Pokemon until your Pokedex pings Tangela. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tangela, the vine Pokemon. Its identity is obscured by masses of thick green and blue vines. The vines are said to never stop growing. Nob shouts, What was that? Something just hit me. And then something collides into the back of Felix's head, knocking you forwards a step. And you hear the same buzzing noise from before, as between Felix and Nob appears a small black flying Pokemon with white bright wings and a golden face. And your Pokedex pings Ninjask, the ninja Pokemon, and the evolved form of Ninkada. It moves around at such high speeds that it can't be seen. It is for this reason Ninjask was long believed to be invisible. Oh, okay. You then hear the cry of another Pokemon, but this time from above. And you look up into the fog, and although you can't make out anything at first, you then see a large dark silhouette of something flying towards you. And it lands between the two of you, showing its large yellow body with black stripes and small <laughs> wings on its back. And your Pokedex pings. Let's pick one. The Beehive Pokemon and the evolved form of Combi. There is only one in a colony, and it releases various pheromones to make the grubs in its body do its bidding while fighting foes. Nob sort of shouts over his shoulder. Sorry, lads, I don't think we're going to be able to talk our way out of this one. But Hitmonchan suddenly falls to his knees. Nob helps him up and turns to you. Chan can't fight, but. so you might. You might need to, but then Sudowoodo steps forwards. Oh, go on, go on, lad. Yeah. Tying the black cloth that he's taken again off Nob round his head, and Nob says, Sudowoodo, are you are you sure?" And Sudowoodo nods. Roll initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That is nineteen for me. Nineteen for me. Ooh, re-roll. Roll off. It's, uh, eight. That's a six for me on that one. Ooh, sucker. So Ninjask is going to go first. Ninjask is between Nob and Felix, but he's going to go after the Sudowoodo. Go on, Sudowoodo, okay. lad. And he's going to use Furry Cutter. Furry Cutter? <laughs> Kill those furries. 
and he's going to use Fury Cutter, whatever it is. <laughs> it is Fury Cutter. Uh, yeah. He is. <laughs> so the Ninjask flies at the Sudowoodo and just starts slashing, but Sudowoodo holds its arms up and manages to take the brunt of all of the slashes and doesn't take any damage. Chuck, nice. you're up. Alright, let's go. So we're still in the fog, right? Still in the fog, so ranged attacks are disadvantage. Uh, normal type moves, ghost and dark have advantage. Chuck's facing outwards, turns his back on the Vesper coin, focuses up on the Tangler and says, Alright, Lombre, use Astonish. So it's going to be a disadvantage because it's a range roll. 17 and a 12, so 12. 22 to hit. Hits. Fucking hell, cool. you got plus 10. Jesus. On, yeah. on decks, yeah. And then I get an advantage on the damage roll, don't I? For ghost, yeah. So it's a ghost type move? Yep. 15. So Lombro just shouts into the fog, and you see these kind of like circular shockwaves coming out of its mouth. Yeah. Just smack the tangler. Nice. Felix, you're up next. Felix says to Momo, do what you can, buddy. Get in close. Poison sting on that Vesper Gwen. So 22 to hit. Hits. Six poison damage. Nice. As has been his combo, we'll follow up with a quick attack. Six damage. Nice. I didn't plan for fog in this fight, but dice roll, all that jazz. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Spices it up, yeah. Right, next up is Knob. Now, <laughs> fucking love. Black Belt Knob has been in this from the start. It was just yeah. placing him in the right place. <laughs> the he was, first character written. It was Black Knob Belt and Nob. Youngster Joey. I was like, mm. they're going in. Knob turns to Sudowoodo. Right, buddy, I don't know what you're like with fighting, but I need you to delve deep inside you and find that fire that keeps you going. And then I need you to use that fire and strike out. And Sudowoodo nods at him and starts to, like, glow with energy. Ooh, and interesting. Nob says, Sudowoodo, use fire punch. <laughs> what move? I was thinking about catching this Sudowoodo. I don't think I'm going to be able to now. And with an 18... Smacks it up. Kills. He will smack into the Ninjask big time. 18 fire damage. Holy shit. Nice. Which is going to double to 36. <laughs> big start. Real good start. He punches the Ninjask so hard that you just see a little ball of flame, like fly off into the distance, but then you hear the zip as the ninjas come straight back into the fight. Vesper Queen's up next. The Vesper Queen is now in a fight with Gligar, and she's going to use Slash. Oh, 13. Misses. So in, in the fog, the Vesper Queen, it's like its hand glows white and it just slashes at Momo. But Momo, again, just like in the last fight, just manages to spin in the air out the way, just completely dodging the slash attack. The Tangler, who is astonished, <laughs> is going to use Constrict on Lombre. Ooh, Sounds okay. horrible. 13. Misses. So the fog not doing the work on the wild Pokemon here. It goes to wrap itself around Lombre, so it moves in close but Lombre's just batting off all of these little vines that are coming out of Tangela. Dancing around them. <laughs> Ninjask is up, and he did not like being hit with that fire punch. I'm not surprised. Uh, and he's going to use Bug Bite on Pseudo Widow. So on the hit, the Ninjask is going to eat 
the cherry berry that was attached to the Suda Widow. So it eats the cherry berry, uh, so the Suda Widow can't use it. Oh, max damage. 21 damage to the Suda Widow. It's a big hit. Chucks out some encouragement over to the Suda Widow. Come on, Suda Widow, you got this. Looking around at the Vesper Queen facing up against the Gligar looks like a bit of an un- a mismatch. Says the Chiro, says, fire off a skull at that Vesper Queen. Let's try and burn it. Nice. And that's going to be dirty 20 to hit with this advantage. That hits. Not going to burn. But still. 15 water damage. Takes the 15. Oh, yeah. Good start. Good hit. The Chiro pivots on the spot as it's navigating its way around these vines coming from the Tangler is still dancing. And I think what's happened before with Scold with his dancing and his hot salsa moves heats up the water inside of him <laughs> his hot salsa so you can moves. see you can see through like it just pierces the fog and you can see like more steam come off this like really sharp narrow jet of water coming from his mouth nice Felix seeing this attack come from Lombra at the Vespergren turns to Chuck and goes good plan this thing looks tough Momo use that opportunity poison sting it again that's a natural 18 oh yeah plus 6 Makes it a 24 to hit. That hits. Poison. Five poison damage. We're going to follow him with a quick attack with a 22 to hit. Uh, that this hits. Is good. This is good. Four damage on top of that for the quick attack. Yeah. But as alluded to, because I got a natural 18 on the poison sting roll, Vespaquin is poisoned. Nice. nice. That's nice. really good. Good work. So Nob's up next with Suda Widow. Amazing. You found the fire. Let's hit it again. Fire punch. But the ninjask is moving so quickly that although Suda Widow punches more than once, the ninjask almost disappears in front of it and then just reappears where it was after the punch has been thrown and no hits from the Suda Widow. Nob's like, don't worry, buddy. Vesper Queen up next. Vesper Queen is not happy. It's got an annoying gnat. And then it's got some little dancing thing. <laughs> hitting it with, Look at it with his big lips. <laughs> so, Vesper Queen is going to use Defend Order. Oh, interesting. That's its unique move, isn't it? So it's going to summon forth a load of small insects to form a natural shield in front of it. And for the duration, as long as it can keep its concentration... It gets plus one to its AC. Oh, naughty. Naughty, naughty. That's not good. You're naughty, naughty, you're teasing me. Uh, The Tangler is going to use poison powder on Lombre. Nah. So you've got to make a con save. Um, Con saving throw is 16. Yep, 16 passes. Yes. No poison for you. Back round to the Ninjask, who has just managed to dodge a load of punches, and he's going to go for another bug bite on the Suda Widow after the success of the last one. <laughs> but what he actually does is he gets stuck on the Suda Widow, so he goes to bite <laughs> it, and he just like sort of grabs the side, like he's on the side of its head, and the Suda Widow is just like, "What the? Get off me! Get off me!" But it's just like wedged its sort of fangs and claws into the Suda Widow, uh. and it can't get off. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go for the same thing again. I'm going to fire off another scold at this Vesper Queen. Okay. Hope that the plus AC didn't ruin my chances. Ah, uh-uh. so I got a nat 20, but I got a 9 on the other one. So I've got 19 to oh, hit. No. Uh, 19 does hit. Ooh, sounds like it was close. 18 water damage. And then he's got to roll a save. It doesn't beat the 10, so the defend order Ooh. loses, and its AC nice. goes back to normal. Nice. 
Felix, you're up next. Great work, Jiro. It's a bit annoying having to do this because there's literally nothing else I can do against Vesper Gwen. It's like being back at the start of our adventure. It is. <laughs> it is seen as this Pokemon was level four last episode, so. Faint, quick attack. Yeah, Everyone let's go for that, that old one two punch. We're going to go for a poison stink. Did the Vesper Gwen take its poison damage at the end of its last turn? Not actually. <gasps> Amended. So we're going to try and fill it with some more. It's a lot of damage. It's just like, I bet it's got that's really high That's more than the Scyther took. <laughs> that is a 19 to hit. Hits. Yeah. Four damage with good old-fashioned quick attack with a 19 to hit. Yeah. Nice. Bloody hell. Just one damage. <laughs> Did you roll two ones? I rolled two ones. So Sudowoodo's up next. Nob is going to be like, right. He's not moving. He's been on you for a while. Get it again with another fire punch. Come on, Sudo Budo. 17 fire damage. Holy shit. Uh, let me tell you how he knocks it out. <laughs> say, yeah. Two fire punches. So the Beast. ninjask is still like stuck on the side of this Sudo Budo. And the Sudo Budo just like takes a breath in and you see its fist just start to flame. You think it's going to hit itself in the face, but it catches the ninjas cleanly on the side of its head. And the ninjas just flies off into the fog as like a little <laughs> ball. But this time, it doesn't come back. <laughs> Nob's like, yes, Sudowoodo, great move. Right, let's turn and help the others. So the Vespi Queen's up next. She's going to use Gust. She's going to use it on Churro. No, <laughs> no. 16. It's 16 flying damage. Oh, that's double to 32. Ooh. That's a big hit, that is. Big, that's a really big hit. hit. So Chura gets whipped up into the air and just slammed back down to work. And then the Tangler is going to use Vine Whip on, on Churro. Jesus. Well, you're right oh, in front of it. You do gang up on me, don't you? Uh, 19, I don't think he likes you very much, Chris. 19 to hit. It's That's only six damage. Grass damage. Takes the six. Mm. So Lombra's been slammed down to earth and then this vine whip as he was about to get up smacks him in kind of the, on, on the lily pad and Chuck just says don't let it get to you let's just focus on what we've got to do take down that Vesper Queen Scold again so 26 to hit yep I'm rolling good 15 water damage again chunking it down Juro finds his rhythm back up and uh, shoots the Vesper Queen with a jet of water that sort of steams in the air as it goes through Felix you know it you love it <laughs> so all we can do is go for this wonderful poison sting quick attack combo reminiscent of early rowdy i've just rolled a natural 20. it does 11 poison damage that time gligar's kind of got used to becoming a bit of a almost weighted like a lawn dart so he's got most of the weight at the back and he's just firing his tail straight into the abdomen of the vespiquin repeatedly and every time he does that and makes connection he's going to just swipe with one of his claws uh, that's not going to hit though with a three, is it? That so, does not hit. A nine <laughs> in total. Nob's up next, and he can see that you two have pretty much got the Vesper Queen down. So he's going to get a fire punch going on the Tangler. What a move! It hits with a hits with a twenty-one, eight sixteen damage in total. Ooh. Right, Vesper Queen. It turns to the little gnat. <gasps> it's going to use slash. No, it bloody isn't. Twenty-three to hit. Yes, that did. Zed hits. It's going to do 15 normal damage. The Vesper Queen then takes its poison damage. But it's still, it. still just about buzzing around. Tangela, after taking that fire punch, is like, nah, mate. And he uses Vine Whip on Suda Wudo. <gasps> uh oh. Natural 20. Oh, oh. Ouch. 
Nice, Sudo. 17, so that's going to do 34 grass damage to Sudo. That's mean. That's mean. It's half its health. That's really oh. horrible. I'm thinking this Vesper Queen has got to be on its last legs here. Seeing Sudo Wudo take this massive vine whip from the Tangler, Chuck shouts to Chiro to says, Okay, let's help Sudo Wudo. Astonish. Mm, 14. The other one was a nat 20, for fuck's sake. Doesn't hit. No! That's annoying. So how does the non-hitting Astonish look? Uh, I have no idea. He kind of spins spins on the spot. As this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Tangler's just—I think the Tangler's more just focused on the pseudo Wudo, just slapping it with these vines. It doesn't hear him over the noise of these slaps. Like some battle ropes. Yeah, Felix, you're up. Okay, keep digging deep. You've got this. Let's put this Vespiquen away. Poison Sting. That's a nat two. Eight to hit. That does not hit. Shout out to the two crew. We'll, we'll follow him with a quick attack, just because. That's a four, so a ten to hit. That will not hit either. Fantastic. I'm Good work. running low on PP. Do you want me here. to come back? <laughs> Help you finish it off. Charm. So the Vesper Queen is going to use another slash attack on Momo. 25. Yeah. Is that hit? <laughs> yeah. 14 normal damage. Okay. Ooh. But as soon as it hits Momo, it falls to the ground. Yeah, KO. Knock, knocked out from its poison damage. That is a, it must have a high proficiency bonus yeah. there as well. It's, plus it's done four. a couple of good it's hits plus to four. it, but... Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, my mate. Right, Tangler's back. and he Three on one now. I think he knows this is a bit of a lost game, but he's going <laughs> to go with another Vine Whip on the Suda Widow, try and hit that. Oof, natural 19, so that's going to hit... 30 damage to the Sudowoodo. Sudowoodo is Ouch. looking bad. Chuck shouts to Chiro says, okay, defend Sudowoodo. Stand in between Sudowoodo and Tangler. Get right yeah. up in its grill. The only thing I can do at that range is an absorb. So I just want to just block him from attacking Sudowoodo. Okay. So if he tries to get around me, I'll hit him with an opportunity attack. Yep, fine. So melee attack roll for a 16. Hits. 13 grass damage. So that's going to be half to six. What well, health do I get back? Half, half of that, then. You get three. three. Nice. Every little helps. Exactly. Uh, Momo. He's really happy that he's just managed to knock some out. I'm much bigger than him. Felix turns and goes, great job, buddy. The battle's not over yet. Get in there. Poison Sting, that Tangler. A 16. Hits. Nice. That is nine poison damage. Ooh. Doubles to 18. Yeah. Doubles to 18. We'll just go for a quick attack for good measure. I crit on the nat- on the quick attack with a natural 20. Yeah. <laughs> I got a 2 and a 3 on the first roll. Got I got a 6 and a 6 on the second oh, roll. Oh, nice. <laughs> Tell me how Momo knocks out the tank. Yeah, nice. Yes, Momo. Another knockout artist in the team. So, yeah, Momo, you can kind of see these vines flapping away from uh, this mossy creature. Just aims right between the eyes with his poison sting. Lands just in his forehead and then just swipes at the vines going out from its body, almost chops them off, and kills it. Nice. Literally kills it. Dead. Okay. See it, Tangler. You are each going to receive 12,100 XP. <laughs> right, so after that massive XP, where are we sitting? Just a nice chunk of XP to Chiro. Also a nice chunk of XP for Momo, but that also does level Momo up. Diddle-ding! It's level six. 
Uh, so at level six, obviously gets some extra HP, but he's also going to learn some new moves. Ooh. Nice. Might make him a bit more interesting in battle. So we're going to keep Poison Sting. We're going to keep Bulldoze as well, which we taught it by the TM. We're going to get rid of Sand Attack and Quick Attack. And we're going to teach it Faint Attack. And we're going to teach nice. it Acrobatics. Oh, that's Ooh, nice. Flying like that. type move. So after the fight, Sudowudo turns to Nob and Hitmonchan and they have sort of like a three-way embrace where they're like jumping up and spinning around in a circle. <laughs> but as they stop, all three of them fall to their knees like they're all pretty weak. Okay, yeah. And even Sudowudo, who has not a lot of health left after that fight, is struggling to get up and have like a fighting stance. But you then hear from the fog. No, not from behind you. It could have been from anywhere. (laughs) You hear echoing around the area that you're in, all throughout the fog, the sound of someone clapping. And in the fog, you can see two dark figures slowly approaching until from the fog, you see two men. The smaller man, wearing black trousers, a blue and white striped t-shirt and a blue bandana, and the larger of the two, and the one that is clapping, is shirtless, with blue ragged trousers and a white tattoo on his chest in the shape of an A made from bones. (laughs) Bravo! Thanks for taking them out. Those pesky Pokemon have been causing my crew a lot of hassle over here. And he keeps walking towards you and clapping his hands together. Chuck's like, yeah, you're welcome. He's just laughing at you. Felix looks at him and goes, what are you laughing at? What What have you been doing here? What do you mean your crew? Well, we've been trying to get some materials together to make some new boats. And they kept attacking my men every time we chopped down another tree. You did this? Yeah. enraged. Yes, so what if I did? Pokemon live here. They live in the trees. You just chopped down their home. What would you like it if they just come and smashed up your boats? Now, I don't know how long you've been on this island, mate, but as you can see, there are a lot of trees and they can just move. And there's a lot of Pokemon. Felix is just like clenched fists at this point, like really, really angry, furious with this guy, trying to get splutter some words out. Just, you just... You just... ah, And sort of then starts to charge towards the man with his fists out, ready to try and punch him. The smaller of the two man just shouts, Watch out, Matt! And just stands in between the two of you and sort of takes your charge. Okay. Right, do I bounce off him? Do I stay standing? Uh, Let's do opposing strength check. (laughs) I'd imagine he's like got his palm... You know, like classic Felix's arms are windmilling. He's just holding his palm on his head. <laughs> let me at him! Let me at him! <laughs> uh, strength check, 11. Oh dear. So you sort of tackle him in the mid-drift, but he just throws you off to one side, sending you skidding through the dirt. Matt is just laughing. He's just like, nice one, Tom. Anyway, thanks for sorting the problem out, guys. We'll be on our way and they both turn away. Felix shouts, Gligar, don't let him get away. Bulldoze. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 
So I want to try, yeah, I just want to use a bulldoze in the area, just try and knock them off their feet, stop them from... Okay. You want me to roll attack? Uh, attack roll? Just roll roll damage, because they're in range. I want to know how strong the attack would be. 13 ground damage. The bulldoze cracks the ground and makes it shake enough for both of them to fall to their knees. And then Matt stands up and turns around, still laughing, and says, huh, well... That's the way you want to go, kid. Don't get in the way of the Acra crew. And he pulls out a Pokeball, as does Tom. Crew. Yeah, let's mess okay. these guys up. Chuck says, we're going to teach you a lesson. Matt's expression changes, and he just shouts, enough. We don't answer to you. We don't answer to anyone. So let's see what you got, kids. You win. I'll think about leaving the island for now but if we win i think i'll be clearing out another area of this jungle here well get ready to leave then and they <laughs> i'm monsoon moon and they throw out their pokeballs and your pokedex pings sharpedo the brutal pokemon and the evolved form of Caverna. Nicknamed the Bully of the Sea, it is widely feared and just one of these Pokemon can thoroughly tear apart a boat. Primate, the Monkey Pokemon, and the evolved form of Mankey. When enraged, it gives chase endlessly. Because it is impossible to tell what made it angry, there is no soothing it. Oh, fuck me. Does Sharpedo even have a, like, on-land speed? Uh, yeah. So, just like Jupiter, <laughs> I'm going to say that Sharpedo is just floating in the air. Because otherwise, how else are water Pokemon supposed to yeah. do anything? Just like, well, yeah, like, like, like a beached whale. Yeah. There's been, I think well, there's been occasions of, like, Goldeen in the anime where they're just literally just sort of floating in the air, aren't they, mm -hmm. when they're out of the water? We're going to roll initiative. Again. Oh, dear. That's an eight. That's 19 for me again. Nob looks rare in the fight, but he just can't get he can't get up to help. Still fog. Still foggy. Okay. Matt shouts, Sharpedo, Aquajet. And Momo doesn't have time to react before he's hit with an Aquajet. Oh dear. And takes 10 water damage. Yup. Which is double to 20. Down goes Momo. Oh Momo. Matt just laughs and is like, ha, I knew you two dweebs didn't have anything in you. Felix, fighting back any emotion as much as he can, takes a big deep breath in and re recalls Momo to his Pokeball. Goes, you did an excellent job today. Thank you. He turns around, looks at these two dead in the eye, one at a time, and goes, you don't know what you've got yourself into here. Pratchett, come on out. <laughs> He Me? says, actually, really? I know exactly what I've got into. Sharpedo, follow that up with an Ice Fang. Oh, fuck off. Ice Fang's not... Oh. Uh, actually, no, Aquajet is going to be a Aquajet bonus is a attack, bonus action. Mm -hmm. However, he's not going to do it on Pratt... Does he do it on Pratchett? Yeah, fuck it. You were cocky. He does it on Pratchett. Don't piss off the DM. It's only a 16, though. Still hits. Ooh. Hold on, wait. Withdraw. No. Withdraw. I'm going to use withdraw. Use my reaction. Yeah. Use withdraw. Nice. So. I'd imagine Pratch is just like the, the fang comes down like where his head would have been and he just 
scoops it. Yeah, he goes to bite his head off. Yeah, so like, no. His head's kind of covered. He doesn't have a neck. He's just all. He just shrugs and it just sort of pops. It just disappears. Yeah. No sooner as Pratchett has come out, Sharpedo's just gone straight for it. Its teeth turning an icy white, but as it goes to bite off Pratchett's head, it comes back and you just see Pratchett's head just pop out and it's taken no damage. Good shit. Nice Pratchett. Pratchett. Felix goes, that's it, Pratchett. We're going to show these fools. Tom, show them. up. Show them. Um, Set it with the chest. That's it, Pratchett. We're going to show these fools. Energy ball. But with this advantage, it's still a 17 to hit. That hits. Beautiful. Can I please have the fire equivalent of energy ball at the next gym? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been long enough. 21. Doubles to Ooh. 42. That's a massive hit. So yeah, just just where this Sharpedo tried to bite him on the head, Pratchett can't really miss. Just absorbs what he can through his bushes, launches a good sized energy ball just straight down the throat of the Sharpedo. Says, You see what you get, Carla? <laughs> you see what you get when you mess with the war? Cut that bit. That's staying Cool, right. Um, Primates up next. Seeing as the Sharpedo's got its hands full, he is going to use a Fury swipes on Lombre. Lombre has kind of like gets both hands, taps his chest like, like that, holds yeah. him out wide. He's just going. Oh, he's just giving him a shimmy. <laughs> doing, a, Come on doing a shimmy. Doing a shimmy. Love that. <laughs> I'm trying to enrage the primate, basically, and distract it. So that's a 19 to hit. Yeah, my distraction didn't work. That hits. <laughs> Seven normal damage. Okay. And let me roll a d4 gonna go again no eight normal damage gonna go again oh no uh five normal damage and that's it good thank god for that so the primate just charges straight at lombre and just lashes out with like three clean swipes yeah that's pretty nasty each time yeah he's just thrown off balance not a lot we can really do um up in up in range like that we're going to try and get some of that HP back. I'm going to use an absorb. Okay. It's a natural 19, so 29 to hit. I that hits. It's going to do it. Oof. 2d4. Bloody hell, that is nice. So there's 14 grass damage. Okay, so you get seven of that back. I do. So Lombra grabs both hands on the primate, like shoves <coughs> his hands kind of through into his fur so he's got grip on his skin and just kind of saps some of his energy away from him. Nice. Background to the Sharpedo, Matt shouts, right, Hit it with another ice fan. Oh. 16. And with <laughs> another withdrawal, it's going to miss. So again, he just swipes for the head, but it pops in. He's going to follow it up with an aqua jet, which will miss with an 11. Doesn't so he, after taking the swipe, he just you see the water cannons on the back of the Sharpedo start to like froth, and it just shoots off like a bullet but it's so close to Pratchett that it actually just flies over the top of him instead, turning sharply in midair. Felix shouts, spin on the spot, take aim, energy ball. 19 to hit. Hits. 14 on that one. Ooh, takes 28 damage. After being grabbed by the fur, or through the fur, and then sat, 
Primate is thinking probably close enough to do some proper damage here and it's going to use Karate Chop. Oh, okay. Karate Chop. That is a dirty 20. Hits. 15. Takes the 15. Oh, beefy boy, Lombra. But it is a big hit. It's a very big hit. So while Lombra's hands are either side of this primate, it just lifts one of its arms up and just clops mm. it straight in the lily pad head. Oh, ouch. I think that's my favourite phrase that's been uttered on this podcast. Clops it on just its lily pad head. <laughs> clops it on its lily pad head. And Chuck, how are we going to respond? So Chuck shouts to Lombra to, to react, but says, all right, get out of there. Just hide in the fog. I'll tell you what to do next. So I'm going to use my action for to disengage. Yep. And Lombra is going to disappear into the fog, but still keeping kind of an eye on where, you know, getting his orientation right to know where the primate is. Okay. That's all I can do for now. So he's hiding in the fog. Okay, so what, Lombra just sort of lets go, pushes him back and just darts backwards. Yeah, into the fog. Sweet. And primates just sort of stood there, just looking side to side. We're like, where's he gone? Yeah. Where's he gone? <laughs> right, background to the Sharpedo. Matt is going to shout for it to use an Aqua Jet. Dirty 19. That hits. Nine water damage. That's half to four. And then he shouts Assurance. If it's already taken damage in the same round, double the damage done. Oh, okay. Could be nasty. Mm. <laughs> nat one. But he's nat one. <laughs> yes. So nice. nothing's going to happen. Perfect. So the Sharpedo just sort of like, he's staring down Pratchett after the Aqua Jet and doesn't really hear Matt give the order. And then by the time he realises he's missed it, it's too late because Pratchett's going. Felix just turns to Pratchett and goes, don't take that from him. Mega drain that Sharpedo. Ooh. 15 to hit. Hits. Ooh, Ooh. Okay, okay. Surprised. 12 grass damage. Which doubles to 24. So I then will get half of that back as well. So you get the 12, so get 12 HP back. back. Okay. The primate is looking around for Lombra in the fog. So we're going to go... Uh, it's only a 10. I think I have to do a stealth check, don't I? I have to do stealth. Yeah. It's contested. I rolled an 18. So what is it? It's so it, dex, it, isn't it? So it's um, 23. So, so yeah, it doesn't find me. Yeah, Primate just cannot find Lombra. And even Tom is shouting like, uh, just sniff it out. Try and find it. I can't see it either. Keep moving around, Lombra. All right. Now I want you to just duck and weave, duck and weave and attack and move. Try and hit it with a scold. So it's going to probably be, it's going to be disadvantage anyway because of the fog, right? Yeah. 17 and a 19. I think both will burn. Both burn. Okay. <laughs> so it's a 27 to hit. Yeah. And 17 burns. How much damage? Quite a lot. So that's 11, 11 water damage and a burn. Oh boy. Primates attack now deal half damage. And now nice. Lombard's using his movement speed to just keep hiding, keep moving, so he doesn't. he's not in the spot that he was when he made the attack. Right, Sharpedo's back up, and Max is going to go for the same again, so we're going to go Aqua Jet to start off with. Mm-hmm. 16. Last withdraw. Oh, yeah. He's going to miss. Follow that up with an Ice Bang. Maybe I should have saved it for the Ice Bang. Natural 20. Okay. Not, I've not had many of those. I think I've only had oh, one shit. of those. <laughs> oh, no, Jack. Don't want to burst your bubble. But because it's a crit, that oh, shell armor, shell armor. So I am immune to the extra damage dealt by a critical hit. <laughs> He's so <laughs> <he was> like, 
I was gonna roll ten I thought, dice. I thought, oh my god. Ten that, dice. That could, have, that could have done like. Can you just roll them anyway and just half it? Seventeen. So that's doubled to thirty-four. Does he take the hit? Does Pratchett take the hit? Of course he takes the hit. <laughs> Chunk. He is now frozen. Oh, that's horrid. Damn. After take after surviving a hit from the Aquajet, Sharpedo then just opens its mouth and takes a massive chunk out of one of Pratchett's bushes. And much like when we were up in the uh, northern mountains, the bushes start to get a little white yeah. like frost on them as Pratchett takes this hit and does not move. So, Frozen, DC 15 check to break free at the end of your turn. So basically I can't attack here, I can just try and break out of... <laughs> I've just seen something I've still got on my trainer in, in my backpack. It's Ian's Mysterious Berry. It's Ian's Mysterious Berry. <laughs> I'll do it, go on. I want to try something. Do it. Let me know if I can do this. I don't know what the effect would be, but... Lob it in the Sharpedo. <laughs> I want to try and lob it in the Sharpedo's mouth. Because <laughs> they are just a big chomping jaw. <laughs> okay, if you throw yeah. the berry let's say you get a uh, 15 on a d20 roll just flat plus... d20 or probably dex no you go d20 plus dex, you, it'll okay. be a dex i'll give you a dc 15 if you get that the berry will go <laughs> in the okay come on so felix sees this big hit a bit pissed off that obviously pratchett is now frozen after he's been doing some good work on this sharpedo goes rummaging around in his bag thinking he might have an ice heel left from when we're in snowpine city however can't find one he does come across one of the berries that we picked up <laughs> from the adventure with ian in his bag in episode which eight. will now be a very potent which will be berry. very potent very ripe yeah and he picks it out of the bag yeah looks matt dead in the eyes and says how about a taste of your own medicine how would you like it if your pokemon went a bit loco and i'm gonna hoy this berry at the sharp oh, yeah. oh, yeah. right. yep. so I still want to know what it would have ha- what would have happened if it had been that berry that Churro was holding as a natural gift. You'll find out what's about to happen if he hits it. I got a natural sixteen. Yeah, plus buddy. one to a seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, for anybody who can't remember, Ian was a and is a good friend of the show, and he was the basis for the character Ian, episode eight, where he was growing his own. Special drinks. Space berries to make his special (laughs) drinks. So, the berry is flung through the air and Matt is like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) When it just, it just, it just pops into Sharpedo's mouth. So, he like chokes on his, and then he swallows it and two things happen. You start to see him like feel a bit strange and just start swimming in a circle in the air. And then it's just a spin. And when he stops spinning, his eyes are looking really like not there. And he's just confused as hell. And then all of a sudden, you see a little spark fly off him. And he's also paralyzed. Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Oh, great stuff. So there's a bit of parafusion going Shopping, on. Though with the sharp so can I now make my well Pratchett will make his strength check to see if he breaks out of the ice Pratchett can now make his strength uh, check 
17, yeah. 17, five Perfect. breaks out. Nice bracket. Right. <laughs> As if that worked. <laughs> That's not how I thought you were going to use those berries when you eventually yeah, used just them. Thought, but fine. That was just making uh, a mental note of like what that does. <laughs> well, so... Okay, so just to, to be fair, what I did was I, I rolled some dice. I rolled two dice, and you got confused. Uh, okay. So, so from future, if you use Ian's berries, which we're now going to have to determine how well, many you I, picked. I only put one I down in my bag. I think we only took bag. one each, yeah. So I've used mine. We'll go back and listen. I, I thought you'd taken a hand. We'll go back and listen. We'll go back and listen. We'll find out. And uh, we rolled two dice, and I take it off the chart. That's in a Pokemon fight. The people who you were supposed to use them on... Uh, that's a different thing. We'll figure that out when it eventually happens. I'm going to lob my um, Arceus right at the end. <laughs> Imagine that's like the grass battle. <laughs> I hoy a berry at it. Um, so, <laughs> the primate is still looking for Lombra. Okay. So he's going to try and use Assurance, but he's going to do his little check first. I got an 18 stealth. I got a three, ah. so he still can't find Lombra. <laughs> Chuck doesn't know where Jiro is either, but just shouts to him, just says, "Hit him again! Try and hit him with a skull." That's a dirty nineteen. Uh, hit yeah. nineteen water damage. Right, Sharpedo. <laughs> Matt is a bit confused as to what has just happened, and he just says, "Get it with an Aquajet again." So he's got disadvantage on all of his moves and he's going to so it's roll a d4 four so he's not paralyzed but confusion i need you to roll me a d4 jack okay i got a four four so he's confused for four rounds for a start nice he's not paralyzed this turn but he has got to roll for confusion fuck me (laughs) and he hurts himself (laughs) confusion fantastic and just sort of bites himself but Matt's then going to say, okay, I don't know why that didn't work. Ice Fang, we're going to roll again for Paralyze. He is not Paralyzed, and then we'll roll for Confusion again. Uh, he is oh, not confused, mate. so he goes in for an Ice Fang. Uh, but that's only a 13. That misses. Which won't hit. So nice. he's, the Mist, the Paralyzation, the berry juice. and the Confusion, the Berry Juice just dripping out the side of its mouth. It, it just can't. Do, it can't function properly, and the Sharpedo just misses. A, it misses just a bite in midair. It's not even anywhere near Pratchett. <laughs> right. Felix, seeing the, the reaction of this Sharpedo, feels a little bit guilty. He's a bit like, oh, that's not. Well, I seriously mean, I, poisoned I, it. I don't really know what meant to happen there, but still, he steals himself. You know, remembering what these people have done to the forest, and he goes, "Come on, Pratchett, let's get you back to full fighting form. Mega Drain again." That's a natural 18, plus okay. 6, so 24 to hit. You're going to get two health back and the Sharpie. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, so yeah, Pratchett just, again, he, he he feels a bit bad. And also, he doesn't want to kind of catch what this Sharpedo has. <laughs> so he just kind of sends out just one ball of energy to the uh, to the Sharpedo to try and get some health back. And as soon as it touches the Sharpedo, the Sharpedo just keels over. Matt has no idea what's just happened, but while this is happening, the primate is going to try and find Lombra. Want to do a stealth check? Natural That's twenty. Better. 
I got dirty 20, but that won't count because of the natural 20, <laughs> so Lombra is still hidden. Three in a row. No idea where Lombra is, but he's doing exactly what he wanted him to do. Lombra's up. Let's try and wrap this up with another scold. Not got many left. Uh, that is not Okay, but hit. keep on moving. Felix tells Pratchett to turn his attention to the primate, looks at Chuck and goes, let's finish this off together. Chuck nods. Pratchett, energy ball. And with a 10 and a 3, uh, it's only a 9 to hit, so that's not going to hit. Right, fuck it. Primate's turning round after seeing this energy ball whip past it. And he sees Sharpedo on the floor and he sees Pratchett and he's like, fuck that little lily pad. And he's going to go for a... a ooh, he's going to go for a cross chop. Cross chop. Cross chop. Renegade. Uh, that is a dirty 20. 25 fighting. Uh, takes it. Takes it, yeah. Chonk. Takes it. It's a thick boy, isn't he? Well, he's, he's, had, he's had two Mega Drains as well. Oh, yeah, he's taken yeah. him back up to full health twice. <laughs> okay, that fucking little lily pad. Chuck shouts, right, now's the time. Let's sneak up behind it and use an absorb. There's a 26 to hit. <laughs> that hits. 11 grass damage. So it's going to take... Oh, I'm going to get quite a bit HP back. You are, because it only had 10 HP. Oh, left. sweet. Nice. KO. KO. So what does the final absorb look Juro's like? Juro's just like clinging onto the primate from behind and is literally just soaking up all the energy it's got left. And you can kind of see the primate just like judder yep. uh, and hits the deck. Still sizzling <laughs> a little bit from the burn as well. All of wet matted fur on the ground. Nice. As the primate drops and Lombra pulls its arms out of the fur for the last time, you see that it has also pulled a big root with it. Oh, where's the primate hiding that? Uh, it's just it like was, wrapped around it was like, like stuck, It was like stuck in its fur and it didn't realise. Oh, nice. Big root's um, really good. Unfortunately, there was nothing on the Sharpedo. Sorry, Jack. Maybe That's next time. That's fine. Uh, you know, Chris, is, he gets a big root. He's had a shiny. You know, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I do edit the pod. <laughs> simmer down. <laughs> so, you each get 11,800 XP. Oh, boy. And 6,000 Poke Yen. Where are we at after that fight? With that XP, obviously Momo did start the fight, but he got knocked out pretty quickly, as in, in the first round. So I'm just going to give him a, a very small amount of XP. However, he only needed a very small amount of XP to level up. So he's now level 7. Uh, she, sorry, is level 7. Doesn't do anything uh, out of note. But the rest of that XP then obviously goes into Pratchett. Um, that also does level up Pratchett as well. Oh, wow. So level 11. now level 11. And with that... Hot dang. I finally also level up to level 10. Uh, so I can now carry five Pokemon with me nice. like Chuck has been able to do for the past however many episodes. One. Amazing. <laughs> and Chuck? Only Lombra in the fight. So Lombra takes that whole bounty of XP, levelling Lombra up to level 10. Nice. Any new Very moves? Very nice. At level 10, yeah, new, new moves. So I'm going to give him Uproar, which is kind of cool. It's like a big area of a uh, three round area of effect move, a bit like Outrage, that sort of thing. Nice. And Nature Power. So I'm going to swap out Bubble and Astonish for now. Nice. Nature Power is quite cool. It depends on the terrain. So if I'm in like a vault, if we go, eventually go into the volcano, it uses Fire Blast. Cool. <laughs> which is that quite is naughty. <laughs> Um, or like surf by water or uh, razor leaf in the jungle. So yeah, pretty happy with that. Okay, sweet. Matt withdraws his Sharpedo and lets out a massive belly laugh. 
you really are something. Even after taking on those Pokemon before, you still managed to beat us. I'm almost impressed. Well, I might be a scoundrel, but I gave you my word. Come on, Tom. Let's go back to the fort. And Matt and Tom turn and walk back into the fog. Good. We've seen them off. Nob turns around to both of you and thanks you for all your help. Now we know what was disturbing the Pokemon, we can look towards fixing the problem. Let's go back to my dojo somehow and we can talk more there. Yeah, let's follow the stream back like we originally planned before these goons got in our way. Right. Back to the dojo. So you miraculously somehow through the fog find your way to the coast which actually wasn't that far away at all you were pretty much on the beach good stuff uh, as you would have seen had there not been any fog the fog has cleared and it is just a normal sunny day again back in Wartortuga so as you find yourself walking down the path leading to the dojo the sun starts to dip below the trees and the flame torches have been lit to illuminate the path like little tiki Ooh, torches nice yeah like Nessa is waiting on the steps of the dojo with her shiftry. When she sees you walking down the path, helping Nob along, she jumps to her feet and runs to meet you. Dad, what happened? Are you okay? Nob just replies, let's get inside and I'll tell you everything. About an hour later, Nob's finished telling his story and Nessa looks shocked and angry when she hears about the Acra crew. I said there were going to be trouble when they started showing up. Yes, you did, but they're here now, and my duty is to protect the island, not chase down a gang of troublemaker sailors. Anyway, enough of that. I want to know what you were both doing here, and how did you get here? Uh, we're just on vacation. Felix nods. Yeah, just two friends looking to get away into the sun for a bit. Roll deception. Seven for me. Dirty 20 for Chuck. Okay, so he's a bit confused because he completely believes Chuck, but he knows that Felix is lying to him. Chuck elbows Felix in the ribs. But he trusts you after everything you've been through today, so he obviously thinks that whatever it is it must be important if you're not telling him. It's getting late, and before you go, I'd like to thank you by teaching one of your Pokemon a new move. Last burn. <laughs> Normally, I charge for the service, but because of all your help, I'll teach one of your Pokemon each on the house. Welcome to your first move tutor. Oh, sweet. oh nice. So, Nob shows you some scrolls with some techniques on them, and he says you can pick from Fire Punch, Ice Punch, Thunder Punch, Shadow Punch, Mac Punch, and Bullet Punch. Now, these aren't TMs, so I went through Olbopedia and made good assumptions on what Pokemon, which ones of your Pokemon should be able to learn what move. Yeah. So Fire Punch, Haunter, Magmar, Munchlax, Charmeleon, Lombra, and, ha and, ha and, and Happiny Happiny can learn Fire Punch <laughs> and that's 5,000 Poke Yen normally Ice Punch is Haunter Sneasel Munchlax Lucario 
Marrell, Delibird, Lombra and Happiny. Thunderpunch, Haunter, Magmar, Munchlax, Lucario, Lombra and Happiny. Shadow Punch, Haunter, that's it. Mac Punch is Magmar, Lucario and Heracross. And Bullet Punch is Gligar and Lucario. Oh, okay. And this is how Nob taught Fire Punch, yeah. Fire Punch to Pseudo-Wudo. Oh, it was actually his Pseudo-Wudo. No, it wasn't that his was Pseudo-Wudo. He just taught it, it, yeah. It, it is now, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Right, round up what are you doing. So, yeah, with Nob's kind offer, we're going to do a bit of dojo training with Brick the Sneasel, and he's going to learn Ice Punch. Nice, that's a big help. Big help for him. Big help, big help. And Chuck is finally going to get a new fire move for Boomer. <laughs> get fire punch. Sweet. Because you have been complaining about that for a long I time. I have maybe had a few, made a few disgruntled comments about Charmeleon's move pool, yeah. Okay, wicked. Um, I'm also, I'm going to shell out. Rowdy needs a bit of love. I'm going to swap Metal Claw for Bullet Punch, so I'm going to teach Rowdy's Bullet Punch. Okay, so that's three and a half potion. Yeah. Well, with that... Darkness has fallen over the dojo and Nob turns to you both and says it has been a pleasure and we'll be open whenever you need us. What's your plan next? I think after such a hectic day we should probably uh, go get a drink if you want to come join us. <laughs> Nob laughs and he says um, I think I'll take a pass. The bloody Blastoise isn't exactly somewhere I like to hang about. <laughs> Nessa? She's giving 12. Felix another little uh, elbow in there. We're 10. You don't have your parents here. <laughs> True. And having learned your new moves, you bid farewell to Nob and Nessa and head just back as, towards... As we leave, Felix just turns around, kind of looks at his feet, looks at Nessa and goes, it was nice to meet you, and then bolts out the door. Okay, and then having learned your new moves... You bid farewell to Nob and Nessa, or at least Chuck does, uh, and you head back towards the town. And that's where we'll call this episode. Nice. Wonderful. What a, what a first day. What a what first day it's been. first day on the Isles. The Isles de Misty. Well, our heroes have saved the day, but what are the Acre Crew up to? Maybe a nice cool beverage might point them in the right direction. Episode 37, The Bloody Blastoise, drops in two weeks on August 10th. So if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. See you next time.